0: a Baltimore question. Something the New York nigga won't know.
1: What's the Baltimore question,
0: yo? I don't know, like, maybe something about club music. Yeah, they don't know nothing about that shit up in New York. Huh? Asking, like, who Young League be. You shaking it, jiggling it, or K-Swift.
1: Man, I don't know nothing about that 92 Cube shit, man. man who gives a fuck, yo? You
0: don't know Mark Clark? The Big
1: Flat
0: Morning Show. You ain't right, girl. What's up, y'all? This is The Wire at 20 from HBO and Campside Media. I'm your host, Method Man. Let me ask you something. What was the very last thing you saw on the final episode of The Wire? Uh Uh-huh. That's right, Baltimore. Today, we're going to talk about the show's relationship with the city. You'll hear about that dynamic from the cast and creators, and then you'll hear me talking to somebody who is Baltimore through and through. Someone who joined the Wire family just by being in the right place at the right time.
1: Fuck them West Coast niggas. In B-more, we aim ahead of
0: nigga, you heard me. The whole city as a character thing, that ain't new. And even though Baltimore was essential to every aspect of The Wire, the scope of the show was way bigger than that. The Wire wasn't exactly a love letter to Baltimore, but its love for the city and its desire for the problems to improve was evident in every episode. Now, there are two people in particular who saw to this. The Wire co-creators David Simon and Ed Burns. See, David was a former reporter for the Baltimore Sun, where he listened to all the city's stories.
2: I grew up in the suburbs of Washington. And then I found myself in Baltimore, thrown into a city that had an unremitting rate of poverty, that had been deindustrialized, that had high rates of drug abuse and a healthy capacity for violence, and also had an overlay of Southern racism. I didn't hear the N-word spoken casually by white people until i came to baltimore and then there's ed who was a baltimore cop turned teacher
0: you can bet he saw the systemic dysfunction in those jobs
2: it's not about baltimore it's never meant to be about baltimore you could pick up this story and
0: drop it into east st louis or chicago you you name it you can drop this story in there baltimore got a bad rap because it was filmed there but the
2: drugs are everywhere I don't think it's good for tourism, <laughs> you know? but it, it was a Baltimore story because Dave and I were both from Baltimore. But we could have been from Philly, New York. It made no difference. It is the same story done the same way all over the country, because it is where we have put these people in a situation
0: where there was no alternatives for them. Ed knew that The Wire was really about America. But Baltimore gave the show its personality. Part of this was in the details. Like, did you know The Wire would cast local celebrities in minor roles? I bet you I didn't know that, did you? One of those was Melvin Williams, a.k.a. Little Melvin, who trafficked narcotics in Baltimore in the 80s. Ed Burns was a key player in wiretapping his operation. And David Simon wrote about Little Melvin for the Baltimore Sun. Little Melvin did time in prison. But once he was out, he joined the Wire cast and played the role of the deacon. No offense, but you like the blind man and the elephant. It's a lot bigger than what you got your hand on. You just can't see it. There was also Kurt Schmoke, a former mayor of Baltimore, who played the city's health commissioner on two episodes of The Wire. Here's David again.
2: We had fun with it. And in some respects... It created an allegiance. In Baltimore, Melvin Williams is known and Kurt Schmoke is known. And so when you have Kurt Schmoke, who was a prophet without honor in this country for being one of the first sitting politicians to challenge the drug war back in 88, when you make him the health commissioner and have him tell the mayor, boy, you do this, you'll be known as the most dangerous man in America, which is what Charlie Rangel called him. You're having fun. You're basically saying to all your fellow Baltimoreans, hey, you're on the inside of a little bit of humor here and we're all on the inside of the joke.
0: I really think that you're on to something here, Clarence, but if you keep it up, before you know it, they'll be calling you the most dangerous man in America. George Pelicanos, the writer and producer who you heard from in episode one, thought this was a good idea, too.
1: We don't worry about if the viewer's gonna get all those references. What we're aiming for is, if we make a show in Baltimore, we're making it for Baltimoreans. The richness comes from... Working in a city that you know and getting to know the people as you're shooting it. When we were shooting that show, we shot in the neighborhoods. We don't tend to do a lot of stage work. And we'd be out there at night and people in the neighborhood were hanging out with us and talking to us. And we don't discourage that. We listen. It makes its way back into the show.
0: In order to thoroughly analyze the city's broken institutions, The Wire had to look at the top. The third season explores local politics, introducing the ambitious councilman Tommy Carchetti. Something is wrong in that city, and I think I can fix it. In the show, Carchetti is eventually elected governor of Maryland. And the deeper the wire gets into the politics of Baltimore, the more complicated the politics of filming Baltimore became. Now you're going to hear David Simon tell a story about his encounters with the officials in Charm City and how they slowly
2: shed their charm. I'll just tell the truth. So the guy who was the mayor when I did the corner, Marty O'Malley, very ambitious guy, and not a stupid man, but the personal hunger of politics will make a man say and do some stupid shit. He actually held the book up at the corner of Monroe and Fayette while he was running for mayor and said he was going to take back the corners and be tough on drugs and tough on crime, and that was his campaign promise. And I even asked him, I said, you know, Marty, did you read the book? And he said, "No, but I know what it says." You know, didn't crack the book, but held it up as being his call to arms. All right, I don't care one way or the other. I didn't sound like I expected to write the book and have um, the city of Baltimore declare a truce in the drug war. But he very much tolerated the corner being made. It came out right after he'd just become mayor. What I came to realize right away was, now that he was in office. He wanted no attention on the reality of the corner or on the reality of of what was happening in the streets of Baltimore because he was already building to a Baltimore miracle. He wanted to tell people, I have fixed the city of Baltimore, which is a tall order in any event, but it's certainly a tall order if you're thinking of running for governor two years after you've been named mayor. There's not time to fix anything. As we were gearing up to do the wire, I had lunch with O'Malley. I actually made sure to be the top bidder on a uh, charity lunch with the mayor at a nonprofit auction. And I went to lunch with him and his chief of staff. And I said, look, I can do this show in Philly. I can do it in Cleveland. I can do it in St. Louis. It's just about a second tier Rust Belt City. It's not necessarily about Baltimore, but it's going to be really down on the drug war. I'm really down on the drug war. The drug war has to end. I don't believe in it. Uh, Ed doesn't believe in it. That's where we're going with this thing. If you don't want it, if you don't want it speaking to that in Baltimore, I'll take it elsewhere and it's fine. No, no, no. You film it here. We love having a film industry you go ahead, you shoot it. So season one comes out, and I hear that he's angry. Season two, we start to gear up. city's not renewing our permits. The state's letting us film at the port because that's state property, but the city's not giving us permits to film on the street. So I, I finally have to call O'Malley. And so I was standing in the um, Safeway parking lot on Boston Street in southeast Baltimore. With George Paul Cottes, we were going in to like, you know, get a carryout lunch. And I, I didn't dare lose the mayor. So I'm standing, I'm pacing. And he's just screaming in my ear about how, why can't we make a show about all the good things he's doing in Baltimore? I said, Marty, don't you remember? We had we had lunch over this. I offered you the chance to get out from under. And he said, well, I want to take that now. And I said, well, okay. Listen, they got row houses kind of like Baltimore's in Chester, Pennsylvania, and Wilmington. And I'll, I'll figure out a way to do it. Thank you very much. And he says, and it'll say, Pennsylvania or Wilmington on the police cars? I'm like, no, (laughs) we already started the story. It's going to be Baltimore. And there was this pause, you know, I was on speakerphone. I could hear it. And he said, so let me understand this. You'd film it in Philadelphia or Chester and and they'd get the money, but it would still be the story about Baltimore. I said, that's right, Marty. And George is listening to the whole thing. And he's just rolling his eyes. Like, I can't believe you have to put up with this shit. And they approved our permits, you know, that week.
0: I mean, to be blunt, that sounds like a tremendous pain in the ass. We reached out to representatives from Martin O'Malley, by the way, and didn't hear back. One of the keys to telling this type of story is credibility. And let me tell you,
3: The Wire nailed it. We can forgive Major Colvin, who out of his frustration and despair found himself condoning something which can't possibly be condoned. We can't do that much. But gentlemen, what we can't forgive, what I can't forgive, ever, is how we, you, me, this administration, all of us, how we turned away from those streets in West Baltimore.
0: But y'all, keeping it real is only one part of the equation. There were way more challenges to filming for hours on end in the streets of a busy city. Dominic West, who played Jimmy McNulty, of course told us about the local characters he met while shooting in real Baltimore dive bars. A lot of the scenes I remember were just me and and Wendell bunk in bars. The weirdest sort of bars that we'd end up in, and a lot of them were genuine bars, and we'd have to go in, and the locals would not be particularly happy. They'd be happy to see us for about 10 minutes, and then we were were cutting into their drinking time. That happened again and again, and I remember a a guy... (laughs) <laughs> he was a barfly, a real guy. In, it was his bar in the, in the shot. After we'd done about three takes, he said, "When are you going to get this right, so we can all get on with the drinking?" You know, we go, no, no, no. They're doing different camera angles. He's like, "Why can't you get this right?" Andre Royo, who played Bubbles, is from the Bronx. Spending all that time in Baltimore, well,
4: it was an adjustment. Baltimore is crazy. I came from the Bronx, Brooklyn, Philly, London, all time. It all came from different type of hoods. But when you got to Baltimore in 2000, it felt different. This was last stop. They had big signs on billboards talking about believe, live. We were like, this is our kid. Like, you had people whose whole house was broken down, and they still locking their door, but the back is open. We heard the same shit
0: from J.D. Williams, who played Preston Bodie Brodus. This
3: game is rigged, man. We like them little bitches on the chessboard.
0: Now, J.D. grew up in Newark, New Jersey, but Baltimore holds a special place in his heart thanks to his time on The
3: Wire. He and the city got up close and personal. When I I used to say that Baltimore reminded me of Newark, but it was like 10 years behind. Like, you know, when when our crack epidemic was, was crazy, it was like, and then everybody moved over to heroin, you know, and so when I got down there... It was like everybody was still on crack and heroin. And I was like, man, we got to push up. So then 10 years later, the crack calmed down. Now it was just, now they just was all on heroin. And I'm like, oh man. Every season, it felt like we were dealing with something. We got shot at, we got chased,
4: we got arrested. There was a whole bunch of things going on that made Baltimore the best
3: character on the show. Remember, we we shooting all over the city. And Baltimore is not a shy city. You know, they'll talk to you. like. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if they shot at the set, but somebody let off a shot around <laughs> and we had to make sure everything got locked down. When we first got there, when we was first doing them courtyard scenes, like it was a job just to even get the crew and certain PAs and certain people to understand like, no, hold up. We understand y'all paid the permits for this, but they live here. They not getting paid for this. So, you know, we got to talk to these people. You can't just be running up telling people, Get out the window! Get out your window! (laughs) That's not gonna fly. (laughs) Like, no. We had to cultivate getting to know the people in the courtyard and getting their respect and cooperation even when you gotta keep your kids quiet. Some people wanted to leave their doors open and, and let their TVs blast. It was a lot that had to be handled bit by bit by bit.
4: You're going in neighborhoods where money is being made, right? I mean, you had cats making, you know, $1,000, $10,000 a day, and you going to these sets going, look, we need to shut everything down so we can film a little show here, you know? And at that time, the wire is not that popular, and some people don't have TVs and watching it, so they just like, you got to get out of here. You fucking about money. Like, and when you're telling these people, we're going to be there for 18 hours,
3: I like, give you four hours. I give you four hours, and then y'all got to get the hell out of here. When I got that new corner, the third year, the dudes that was really on that corner, I had to befriend those dudes for real, just so that they wouldn't be across the street yelling, <laughs> you know, and it was chill. You know, they even was like, yo, wear my chain. I was like, I can't wear the chain because the character don't really. I only not that, but I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? He was like, oh, all right, well, if you need anything, it was the city show. It was all about them anyway.
4: Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie Mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A N-G-I.com. I feel like we felt a shift when we first got there, season one. How people were just like aggravated, like what are you doing here? Why everybody coming here filming Baltimore like this? But then by the third season, people were coming up like I didn't know my building looked like that. I guess I got numb. I didn't know how fucked up my front door looked. Let me start cleaning up. Let me start sweeping. Let me start getting into the community and
3: giving a fuck. You know, let me do my part. By the third year, we had already kind of, over those two years, met people for various reasons, had already been out to the restaurants and the clubs. So that element was there of, of us getting recognized. But once that third season kicked in, we got accepted by the city. We got cared for by the city. Fourth year it was not even a, a question. I'm pretty sure anybody on the wire, we probably ate for free almost anywhere in Baltimore by the fourth year. What's great about Baltimore as a city is what you see is what you get. And that's
4: part of the people too. They are who they are, no judgment. You either love it or hate it, but we're gonna be who we are. And that kind of energy grabbed us.
3: I got this love for the city, how it's formed, the food, the people, the music, I consider that like one of my second homes.
0: A lot of The Wire's ensemble held from elsewhere. I mean, New York, New Orleans, even London. But one character in particular was unmistakably Baltimore to the core. That's right, folks. Felicia Snoop Pearson.
1: Man, fuck a charge. This is gunpowder activated, 27 caliber, full auto, no kickback, nail throwing mayhem, man.
0: Snoop grew up in foster care in East Baltimore. At 14, she was arrested for fatally shooting another girl, which she claims was in self-defense. After being released from prison, she had a chance encounter with Michael K. Williams, you know, Omar. Michael stopped her at a club and invited her to the set. The rest is history. Now, see, I had the chance to talk to Snoop recently, and man, it was great catching up with my peoples. Here's a bit of our conversation.
1: Uh Right, here. uh Felicia Pearson, better known as Snoop. I played uh Snoop, the character Snoop bought the wire, you know what I mean? They kept my um my whole name and my nickname. I'm
0: gonna tell you how I met Snoop. Uh I was on set, I think it was uh Busy B was like, yo, Snoop looking for you. <laughs> I was like, Snoop looking for me? I've been dying to be Snoop. What's happening? They was like, yeah, yeah, uh, she gonna stop by later on this shit. Showed up, Snoop showed up. You know what I mean in full snoop form? It was like she didn't even need water yeah, She Showed up in the car
1: already. Let me tell you a memory, uh, that I will never forget. Man, you come into my grandmother yeah. house, I wasn't even there, yeah, looking for yeah. me. You know what I'm my grandma, everybody up. called looking for you. I was like, oh, man, my <laughs> man come to the hood, you know what I'm saying? Come to the jungle. Yeah. Just <laughs> door, everybody, you
0: know what? Everybody told me, too. They was like, don't die, nah, nigga, don't go down there. Don't go. If you gonna go down there, go down there with Perry, and them. Right, right. I was like, man, I'm just going to say, what's up? It's daylight outside. Ain't nobody trying to hurt me out there. It <laughs> ain't nighttime and shit. I ain't got nothing nobody want. <laughs> Went down there and shit, and they was all, it was all love, too. They was like, nah, yeah. she just Left, she just did that. She just that, that, that you know. You was always <laughs> just somewhere, always on the move, <laughs> always.
1: Always, man. All right, so I love you for yes that, Lord. man. You hear
0: me? Yeah, Yo, yeah, buddy. for real. A lot of people don't know how you got your role. I know you got it in an unusual way. Can you walk us through the night that you uh, met Michael K? Oh, man. And where where you were when it happened?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, Mike. I uh, was at Club One, it was this uh, club called Club One, downtown Baltimore, and Mike was just looking mm. at me crazy, you know, back then I wasn't watching too much cable and all that type of shit. Yeah, y'all was shooting and all that type of stuff, like in the neighborhoods and all that, but you know, yeah. that we, we ain't care nothing about that. I, while y'all was in the house watching Wire, I was making money. You know what did, I? It? Yeah. I didn't know who it was. Cause he looked real intimidating with the scar on his face, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Things like know. that. So he yeah, drunk, yeah, man. all like this, me mugging.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I'm mean? like saying? Yeah. And uh my man, I And see
0: what people ain't know about Mike was he studied people. that yeah. he was just studying you. That's all. Yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. And my man told me like, yo, uh, nah, that's uh Omar, because I was ready to go lay outside. He was looking at me too hard. Mm. Too hard. Like mm-hmm. there's like, like yeah. this something to you. you know what I'm saying? He's like, nah, like, man. Nigga, where I
0: know you from? Yeah.
1: Right? He's like, nah, man. That's uh, that's uh, Omar the why He played a gay character. This man third, he a gangster though on that, but he gay. And I was like, why? So it took the ease off of it. So then Mike came over mm-hmm. and was like, what's your name? And he like me, is your girl, a boy? I no offense. And I was like, I'm a girl. He said, man. I love you. You know what I'm saying? Like come to the set, this is another like third, mm. exchange numbers, and the rest was history. Just like that. Just like that. The rest was history. And I came to set the wow. next date, like wow. the made on Marford and Lanville, they were shooting. And um I came to the set. And, and
0: you had never heard of the Y before this. No,
1: I heard of the y, I just ain't watching it. Okay. Like everybody was a fan. Everybody. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. The whole city. I'm talking about mm. Sunday nights, whatever mm. time the Y came on. Wasn't no no hustlers outside, man. They was out, they was in the house with their wife, their little girl you. cooking. <laughs> Baby's why at night, you Yeah. So while they in the house, I'm outside. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
0: But so I know that this world must have been a little weird for you in the beginning. We heard from Ed Burns that um you Had to miss your first day of shooting. What happened?
1: <laughs> I was in New York, <laughs> I was in New York, man. And my uh, the same old boy <laughs> that told me who Mike was. We in New York and I went to Gay Pride. And uh, uh I, the next day, I'm in the Bronx, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the Bronx, I'm in the Bronx, yes. where, um, and we right there by the mm. projects. And my man had a fucking, hood, uh. Huh? Car that he posed had bought from somebody else, like a car dealer, jaw, but a nigga was scamming. He was scamming, and uh they locked us up. You know what I'm saying? I was in the car. They locked us up. I had a pocket knife <laughs> on me. You know what I'm saying? And I missed Aww. my first day shoot. Man, I call. I instantly called Mike. When I got out, he was like, "No, call Ed." I called Ed. He was like, "No, just calm down."
0: Yeah. You didn't want to fuck up your first opportunity, yeah, right? Yeah, like I
1: and know. I didn't even know what this I opportunity know. was going to bring me. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't want to fuck that up at all.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean. So how did Mike rectify that? You you called Ed, and what happened?
1: No, Ed told me just calm down. Let you know I me mean? and just like a, 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 a father yeah. that he uh, that he is, just start going ham. And that's that day forward, him and uh, 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 David. I seen that they cared about me. You understand know what I'm saying? Like, cause yeah, the, yeah, the words that he was saying in. to me, he was like, man, listen, you know what I mean? Like, we ready to make you a star. Do you want to hustle? You have an opportunity. Do you want to be a star? Right. You know what I mean? And yeah, from that day forward, I said, fuck it. I want to be a star. And then them checks was coming in. <laughs> I thought I was doing something wrong. I swear, because I'm getting, you got to think about it. I'm getting legal money yeah. and then I'm getting a, a check for 15, dollars and I'm like, yo,
2: yeah. I got nervous. Yeah. Like, You know yeah. what I'm
1: saying? I was sneaking in the bank. <laughs> 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 I was sneaking in the bank, yeah. You know what
0: I'm saying? Yeah, like, not for nothing, man, yo.
1: Like I was doing something
0: wrong. Everybody there. Not for nothing, everybody there loved you, man, from the yeah. grips, the people that did the cameras, the yeah. motherfucking Ed, all of them. Yeah. All of them there loved you, them. man. Everybody there. always spoke highly yeah. of you, and you always brought a certain kind of energy to the set. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That yeah. energy that kept us all up on our toes, man. Yeah, I just love
1: the smile. You would come to set even when you <laughs> wasn't working. Because y'all hit my hood, man.
0: Word. <laughs> damn right, goddamn right. It's right. expected. It's expected. Your relationship with Ed was different than my relationship because when I showed up, you know, I'm chipper. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm same like you, same energy, right, and right, shit. So right. Ed never smiled. Ed never smiled at me ever. Gave he me a compliment, did. nothing and shit ever. Yeah, he fucks with you, right? Yeah, but when I did that scene. Mm-hmm. With, uh and uh, you know, I was like, You ain't gotta worry about Marlon none and I walked out the door. That was mm-hmm. the first time Ed was like, That was great, and gave me a little smile. <laughs> I thought I made it. I was like, I'm a star, nigga. <laughs> Ed Byrne just gave me a compliment. I'm a fucking star out there, Let's bitch. Go. Word.
1: Let's go. All
0: right, so we know that, you know, Michael Michael kinda, you know, plucked you right up out the right up out the street and put you right on camera. So like did you feel like you had to prepare for the role? Did you even know what you was gonna do? Like, did you do anything special?
1: The only thing that uh that I was nervous about was remembering lines, and I remember I had a meeting with uh I think that was uh Bill David and Ed, and um, they was talking to me about it. So what I did, rest in peace, um uh, Robbie Chew, when my first um. My first acting uh was the acting class with him mm. um he he showed me some pointers, yeah, you know, and then when I did that for a day, he was like because i uh well I think I had to uh shoot like just say three days later mm. and i this was uh matter of fact, it was for um yeah my my lines um, for uh season four and uh the whole dialogue, my opening scene. And when I did that and I came back to him in a day, he looked at me, meth. He was like, oh, yeah, you ain't killing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because season three, you know, only had like, um, it's your turn now, girl. You know what I'm saying? Little, little shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, baby. But even how you but even how you bust your
0: joint, you was trying to hit something for real.
1: Yeah, they told me don't do that. I thought I was doing the right thing. It was like, yeah, you doing the right thing, but you gotta aim this way. If the target to your right you gotta aim yeah, left, don't aim you at it. You know them. what I'm saying? You can't
0: yeah, you aim, aim straight
1: them. at it. You feel what I'm saying? It's TV, this ain't real life. I was like I don't They don't know.
0: understand them instincts kick in after a while. You're like, man. wait, I'm hitting everything on this ball. Yes it's yeah. <laughs> And, and you know, same thing with lines. I'm always struggling with lines and shit, but it's getting a little easier for me because I know who this cat is. So, like, when I be getting long pages like this, Snoop, and that's all me, all that dialogue be me, you can imagine, and it be words I don't even understand in that motherfucker I be having to look up. Yeah,
1: likewise, I go straight to the dictionary. I ain't ashamed. I go straight because I can have a meaning of what the fuck I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: The thing that was crazy to me was people thought you was acting. I mean you were, don't get me wrong. Yeah, you yeah. were acting, but yeah. people thought that the accent all that shit was was you know, you acting. They like this 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 chick brilliant. <laughs> like she she like she got that Baltimore accent <laughs> down pat which Straight, they uh, didn't uh, know was you was like one of the rare people that was actually from, from Yeah. the town. What was your favorite scenes? if you watch the show, what was your favorite scene to watch? And it don't necessarily have to be yours, but if it is, we'd love to hear that too.
1: Shit, when we was chasing my brother, man, Chris was chasing my brother Mike, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, they had him jump out the window. I was like, ooh, you know what I mean? He still made it. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh man, this is crazy. Like it's just like why yeah. I had fun. It wasn't too much, you know, pressure. You know what I'm mean? saying? Like,
0: yeah. Yeah, always, especially like, you just coming off Yeah,
1: you gotta show up and just perform.
0: Banga Banger is like theater actor, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. a lot of people, it throws them off when they meet the real him and he's yeah. nothing like Chris. Yeah. well nothing spoken. Like- he's, you know, yeah. demure, you know, more of a a a scholar, thespian kind of dude and shit. Yeah, yeah, But then, you know, you bring out the savage. Chris, I used to love when y'all was going in them vacants and shit, just the dialogue between y'all two.
1: Yeah, it was cold as shit that first, um, the first bacon joint, man. It was like fucking twelve degrees yeah. outside, and they got me in a tank top. I caught a cold and all of that. <laughs> they got me. <laughs> That's what I knew. <laughs> That's what I knew. I said, "Oh shit, this shit really real." You know what I'm mean? saying? Like I had to you. sit there, like I had to be there, and just not act like I'm cold as shit. It's freezing outside, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> And look, one time uh, we was doing the scene, right? Danger had the gun and a pillow in the, in the same hand. I'm like, Yo, what the fuck is you doing? I <laughs> I ain't here <laughs> to say cut. You mean, know, but we in this together. You mean know, my brother, right there? Nah, man. I mean, right. No. Right. Hold a right. gun like this. Right. Like. And y'all had
0: a decent relationship. Right. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had some cold episodes. Yeah, yeah. When he rolled past, he was like drive by slow and put that shoddy through the joint. Yeah, real nausea yeah. That shit was like boof. Yeah. yeah, that was cold as fuck right there. Yeah, and, cold hearted. Cold hearted. And I can say this, man. Regardless of what you seen behind the scenes, what we seen on screen, y'all chemistry was crazy. Yeah. It was like, y'all two was like the Grim Reapers of the whole fucking show. And this yeah. is outside of the work that WeeBay and those dudes had already put in. Right. It was like, y'all two? Yeah. Was the Grim Reapers. And when you pulled up on the set on those shorties, like, and you look younger than them. Yeah. Man, was Like, what the fuck <laughs> is y'all doing out here, yeah. man? Y'all know it's a war going on? Yeah. The fuck in the car, fuck man. Fuck in the car. Killed that shit. Boss <laughs> shit. So it's showing levels of not just who Snoop is as a soldier, but yeah. who Snoop is as a yeah. leader. And I love that. I love that transition. Speaking of that, though, how did people take the Snoop's character? I mean, how did they respond to Snoop's character? I'm going to tell you off top, old sex symbol-ass motherfucker. You know what it was. Yeah, uh-huh. They was on you. Yeah. You it know, was on you. You know it. You
1: know it. You know what I'm saying? Come on, yeah, man. you crossing the boat. Talk
0: about it. Talk about it. <laughs> any Any funny stories or just real stories? Like, how was that? How did people respond to Snoop?
1: I mean, everybody loved it. Like I said, the white people, the hood, the, the just, you know I mean? just everybody, even females Yeah, you know I mean? that was straight. You know I mean?
0: Yeah, they was ready to go. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? A couple
1: of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> hey, hey, you better be careful. Your significant other gonna get mad as fuck. Man,
1: I'm single, All I'm right. single, man. I'm single, I'm working on myself. All <laughs> right, on
0: the market. Man, how does it feel for you to know that in a show that aimed to depict Baltimore as authentic as possible, you might be the most authentic part of the damn show?
1: I mean, you know, anybody that know me, that know that I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not a, a, a showboat or, you know what I'm saying? I'm humble as possible, man. I always been humble. I don't give a fuck if I got a trillion dollars in yeah. my account. I'm always be, I mean, humble. But right. I think me just coming off on the screen is like, that you know I mean? They want that real list. They want that real. Like, and I bought that real tool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's just all the hmm Well, it's easy. It's
0: easy to show the monster because we live around yeah. monsters. We've done that. We've yeah. lived around monsters all our lives. But to let that barrier yeah. down and to show something else, that's the part where you, you transcend and people say, damn. There's levels to this shit. Yes, it is. Now you know we can't do this 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 little interview here without bringing up the the, the nail gun scene. Snoop,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> when I tell you I was and look, say what you want to say, say what you want to say about whatever. Like, I saw an actor.
1: Yeah, I was acting. Yeah, I was acting.
0: But you was translating, like, and I mean acting in the best sense. Like, it was so fluent. You know the dialogue that you was having with this man and shit, and then the way it ended was that ad libbed at the end, like you earned that motherfucker there, uh, or was that something they wrote?
1: No, they had that in there, and I said a couple things different ways, cause you know they are gonna give it get, get it yeah. a different ways in
0: your voice, uh,
1: yeah. and they just kept that in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you earned that motherfucker. Right. I, mean, I want to say you earned that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Or you earned that shit? Yeah. You know no, that's yours. Keep that.
2: No, no. You just pay at the register.
1: No, man. You go ahead and hand that for me, man. And keep the rest for your time.
2: This is eight hundred dollars.
1: So what, man? You are that bump like a motherfucker, man. Keep that shit.
0: When you first read that scene, how did you? How was you reacting to it? Was you feeling? it? I was, did it make you smile like okay, yeah. No,
1: I was. I was nervous. You know why? Cause Mike, mm, Mr. Ed, it. and uh, I think even mm. Jamie called me and. When he call you, you know what I'm saying? It's like pressure.
0: Yeah, he's serious. Yeah,
1: he's serious. yeah but, hey, and I'm sitting there. They like, you know, you gonna be the first face because I didn't know what the fuck that meant. Yeah, you know I man, you may be the opening act. Mm. The world gonna see first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The first face. I didn't know how big that was, and yeah, you know I man, that kind of made me a little nervous. And I was like, mm. man, shit. But I had in my head. Just keep smiling, joking, Snoop, and go on set. You know what I'm saying? Remember your lines and let's get it. Mm. We did that for like, what? It didn't even take us long. I think I had like, uh, I think I had about seven turnarounds or something like that, seven shots or something. Just say 10, but that's
0: quick. Yeah, yeah.
1: I start calling myself a uh, uh, first, um, first um, shot shorty. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I was pumped up at it.
0: First shot shorty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so 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 but I mean yo but but you know people like to talk about your sense of comic timing mm-hmm. in that scene and 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 like you know did you know that you was making something funny at the time or did the comedy just come naturally
1: yeah when I did it the second time mm-hmm. I was like yeah you could put a little bit more comedy in it yeah mean probably uh like uh Nina i think Nina was on set that day too I think she uh came and said something to me and I think probably david. I ain't for sure probably one of them, mm. and, you know what I mean? And it just clicked right there.
0: But if anything, Snoop, I love that scene. You fucking killed that yeah, scene thanks, right there, bro. man. Uh, one of their producers has a shirt with an image of you holding the nail gun on what? it. What? Have you ever seen that before? Ah. Look at it. There it go right there. <laughs> Snoop, you like a fucking baby right there, yeah, man. Yeah,
1: big. Yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up.
0: Thanks, man. <laughs> you like a baby in that picture right there,
1: man. Come
0: on now. Shit. I, think, I
1: ain't going to say how old I was over that, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to keep my youth.
0: Yeah, we ain't going to say. Yeah, little gray
1: hands.
0: Well, check this out. When did you realize that you was part of something special or you already knew?
1: Already knew.
0: As far as the wire, I
1: already knew that it was something yeah, special. Same. When when you got hustlers, you know what I'm saying, that try to get on the wire as extras, yeah. you already know it's something. You feel know what I'm saying? <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the best answer, for real, right? There. Man, best answer. For real. Oh, shit. You are so right. How does it feel to still be talking all these years about the wire, man? Cause I mean, honestly, your your character, a few characters stood out. A few characters stood out more than others. And yours was definitely one of them.
1: And see, my character um uh snoop. It just, yeah, you know I man, like it's real life. You understand what I'm saying? Like, and just me period as a person, not even a character, just me as a person, a human being, like I needed that. You understand what I'm saying? To be on the wire. Because I'll probably be Mm. life in Mm. jail, or like six feet under. You know what I mean? Knock on wood. Knock on wood. I learned from my mistakes. They not L's, they lessons. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what a blessing is, though? It's like I got to write a book. My memoir of my life, Race mm, After Midnight. I read it. Yeah, thanks, brother. Yeah, I could tell my life story and just change some lives. You don't have to go through what I've been through mm. to get where you want to go. It's a different route. You that, know what I mean? Yeah. Times ain't the same no more. You ain't got to be stuck in the closet because you gay and you scared to come out. And that's a lot of things with a lot of females and a right. lot of males B. said to me when I first got on the wire, like, yo, you made it cool. Yeah, because what the fuck I was going to come straight on TV and put on a skirt or something? That's not me. So they got me and they bought me. They ain't never seen nothing like me.
0: So that's Snoop, y'all. Y'all already know she's as Baltimore as they come. And keeping The Wire authentically Baltimore was part of its magic. Next week on The Wire at 20. All we had was books, wine, a fireplace and conversations. And it was deep. It was deep. Dominic and I were partying. And when I heard people like, man, Dominic's not committed. I'm like, Dominic's committed, man. We were just hanging out last night.
4: <laughs> J.D., he was showing me these, uh, whatever you call these cartoons, these animated Japanese things. I don't even know what the hell they're called even to this day.
3: The four of us, we got into this big fight against like some football team. This big giant Samoan dude snatched me up. He slammed me onto the bar. He was just leaning on me real heavy. Now,
0: if you like what you heard, You know what to do. Subscribe. And don't forget that all seasons of The Wire are on HBO Max. So go watch them, man. The Wire at 20 podcast is a production of HBO and Campside Media. This episode was produced by Cliff Method Man Smith, Sean Agar, and Natalia Winkleman. Julian Kimball is our story editor. Our associate producer is Lily Houston Smith. Fact-checking by Aaliyah Papes. At Campside Media, our executive producer is Josh Dean. Editing and sound design by Rod Sherwood and David Devereaux. Music by the Neville Brothers. Thanks for listening. See you next
2: time.